Welcome to the podcast Athletic 80 Talks About, where Athletic 80 talks about something. And this week's something is one of my favorite topics, myself, because I'm sure several of you who found this podcast are because I posted about it on my blog or various social media channels, but if you've just tripped and stumbled upon this and have never met me, I might as well start this series with a little bit of who I am. Consider this episode like a really awkward first date, except for the fact that I didn't have to do my hair or shower or any of that nonsense before going out, and I'm staring at a wall instead of a boy. So hi, my name's Katie. I'm a Libra, and no, I just, no, let's just, no. Sorry. I thought that podcasting was just going to be talking, and I would not be as self-conscious as I am right now, but... I'm just going to keep trucking along and hope that I can get used to the fact that I am talking to nobody in the middle of my living room. All right, let's go for real. My name is Katie and I am a snarky 30-something who lives in suburban Connecticut. It's about as vanilla as you can get, but thankfully I have a job, which is not blogging, that allows me the non-pandemic opportunities to travel all over the place. I work in remote sports broadcasting, so over the years... I've been able to work amazing events from the X Games to the Masters to the Indy 500 to NASCAR and all sorts of huge events. No Super Bowls or Olympics yet. But the big thing about being able to travel to all these amazing work sites is that you need to look professional and also be able to lift heavy things and you're going to get sweaty and covered in dust and dirt and you need to function. I still remember... It was 2012. I was at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I can't remember if it was the Indy 500 or the Brickyard, but it was hot both races that year. And I am walking through this gravel infield in my Puma Ballet flats, getting dust all over the place with cotton t-shirts and pants on, sweating my you-know-what off and realizing that this was just, it wasn't going to work. I know some of you were like, why are you wearing pants in the middle of July? Uh, because our safety department said that we had to. If we were going to be anywhere near pit road, near flammable substances, flying metal, you know, dangerous race car things, that you had to be wearing pants the entire time. So I quickly learned in my first summer out there on the road that sweat and cotton just didn't mix. So I, I wanted to look professional. I wanted to look the part. But at the same time, I didn't want to dress so casually that it appeared like I didn't care about my job because I did. In order to get to where I was at the company that I'm with now, it took me four and a half years of temporarily in freelance work before they took me full time. So I just had so much pride about how I presented myself in order to just prove that I fit in and that I belonged there. I knew deep down and I had gotten shot down with many interviews and blah, 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 blah. We could, that's a whole other episode. But long story short, I'm a chameleon and I pride myself on being able to fit into whatever environment I'm in. If you take me to a black tie ball, if you take me to a concert, a NASCAR race, out to dinner, chili, whatever, I always, I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. It's like one of those things where my dad used to say, act like you've been there before. I was always a sporty kid growing up and so much of a tomboy in middle and high school that my mom and sister used to make fun of me if I actually tried to wear pink. So much so that I wouldn't wear it again for another six months. But that was the funny part is that there was this disconnect of I have no problem wearing techie functional sweat wicking gear 
on whenever I'm not on the clock, but when I was on the job, suddenly I was just hyper aware of not wanting to seem just like a jock. But I quickly realized that athleisure was a thing. And no, it's not just black leggings. It's not just super crop tops like they are now. There were actual pieces that you could mix into your regular wardrobe and they were just going to absorb sweat better. They weren't going to hinder your movement. You weren't worried about flashing anybody or splitting your pants if you needed to lift a 40-pound case onto a pallet before you shipped it out at the end of the day. So as I established my footing and, you know, instead of just had a job turned into having a career, I started to have a little more spending money and I was able to instead just shop for whatever I could afford at TJ Maxx to look and start to consider pieces from pricier brands like the North Face or Athleta or Lululemon and build a wardrobe that I could essentially forget about in the way that I wasn't overly concerned about what I was wearing because I was comfortable, I was confident, I was able to do my job, not worry about feeling, looking out of place, having to stop and pull your pants up or fix your shoes. Like I was just able to move about my day and not have to worry about it anymore. And so it sounds trivial, but when, you know, you feel how you look, you look how you feel, I don't, I'm blanking on the actual saying, but maybe you know what I mean. Maybe you don't. Look how you feel, act how you feel. When you look at, haha, look good, feel good. Why did it take me so long to get that one out? Jesus. So I had seen women at the gym wearing Lululemon and wondered to myself, who the hell spends that much money on a pair of workout clothes? But curiosity caught the athletic Katie someday in 2013 when I was just around the corner from my local Lulu and I was trying to find a pair of workout pants that was just the right fit, the right length, and I'm 5'9", so I'm not freak tall, but I'm still pretty tall. And so I went in and once I put that first pair of Inspire Crops on, like, I was done. I was hooked. And I said that, you know, when I started my career, I had a little more spending money, but I didn't have that much spending money where I could just order things from Lulu every week and not worry about having to dip into my savings to pay off my credit card, you know. So I started drinking the lemonade somewhere around 2013, and I had a few core pieces, but like I just said, wasn't that financially just rolling in it. So I unsubscribed from the Lulu emails because often it was either new Lulu or car payment, new Lulu or car payment. And then fast forward to 20, like a year and a half later, paid off the car and suddenly there was more money in the bank. And I was like, ooh, ooh. And just, I went a little nuts. I'll admit it, 2015, I went a little nuts. So that's the lead up to drinking the athleisure Kool-Aid in 2015. And 2015 is also when I started the blog, Athleticady. But to get to the part of why I started blogging, I guess we need to roll back the clock again back to about 2012. So I started at my job in 2011 and working in television, one of the great things is that you get a TV at your desk all day and it's totally fine to just sit and watch TV all day because you make the TV. But right around the height of, you know, late 2011, early 2012 was when CrossFit games were starting to go mainstream. And I saw Annie Thor's daughter, 
in TV commercials doing these boss jumps. And it just having been an athlete growing up, whether, you know, I played any sort of sport in middle school, was three sport varsity athlete, high school was a division one athlete in college. And so it's really been baked into my identity. And after college, I didn't have any sort of competitive outlet. And therefore, seeing CrossFit go mainstream had really piqued my interest. And my company has been great enough that they had an on-site gym with group training and everything like that. And so even though they didn't have the full barbell pull-up bar set up at that point in time, they had a lot of hit classes, which were a great way for me to meet new friends and socialize. And so I participated a ton and we started to do CrossFit-ish stuff. And so over the course of that year, there was a new CrossFit gym that opened in the next town over and I was just... I wanted to I wanted to do the real thing, right? So CrossFit was new and one of the things that I had just heard seen in social media whatever the internet sphere as you will was that another big part of CrossFit was paleo. And I I don't want to say I had a dysfunctional relationship with food, but I definitely didn't have that much body confidence growing up puberty hit me like a freight train. So I went from a size two to a size 12 in like six months in seventh grade. It was great. Not triggered by it. Okay. Anyway, but I, it just seemed like a very extreme way of eating to me. And so CrossFit had this little cultist reputation and I was worried about if I joined CrossFit, that they were going to make me eat paleo. And I was just like, I'm all for overhauling my fitness routine, doing something different, seeing that I was just doing like cardio kickbox and spin like five times a week for the last three years. I was ready for something new. But fitness, I will dive right into anything. But food, I was just a little bit concerned about. Nevertheless, curiosity got the best of me in August of that year. A couple of the instructors at my corporate wellness center also ended up coaching at this new CrossFit gym. So I figured at least I know some people. This is a great way. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to try it. You know, if I try it, if I don't like it, then I don't have to keep doing it. That's the beauty of being an adult. If you don't like doing something, you generally can just walk away. It's great. But anyway, so I start CrossFit and nobody makes me eat paleo. But maybe about a month or so in, I see this poster on the wall at the gym uh, for a paleo challenge that is sponsored by this local supplement company. It announced there was benchmark workouts, different guidelines of what you could and couldn't eat, blah, 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 blah. And as I've just mentioned, I was not keen on giving up my two favorite food groups of beer and cheese, so I really had no interest doing it. But Katie is competitive. Let me sidetrack and just tell you, I triple majored in college because once upon a time, I went on a campus visit and there was a student speaker for the College of Art and Sciences and she was a triple major and I had never heard of anybody triple majoring before. I always thought just the overachievers double majored. So I was like, wait a minute, you can do more than that. And so basically the only reason I triple majored in college was because I wanted to match slash best a person. I created a competition in my head with a perfect stranger. So there's your background of how competitive Katie is. So I'm sitting there stretching after class with these new acquaintances uh, in class. And I overheard two women talking about the paleo challenge they'd seen the poster for. And one of them was like, are you going to do that? And this other woman was just like, oh, you know, like I could never. That's just like, it's too hard. And in that moment... I decided, oh, it's too hard. I'm going to do it. All right, so Cocky Katie starts this paleo challenge. 
I don't really have any business doing it aside from, again, just creating competitions and strangers to keep me entertained. And I have to go through and clean out my kitchen. And I made a goofy little YouTube video about it just because I thought it would be funny. And I started just posting them on YouTube secretly, not telling any of my friends or family or anybody, just because I thought it would be really cool to have a video diary of this supposedly potentially transformative process. And two or three weeks in, one of my friends from the gym found it. Oh, dang, man. So I was outed. But that was just me trying to be creative. And while I did this challenge, you know, you can only have grilled chicken and steamed broccoli for so long. So I just, I needed recipes. And yeah, I have a mega sweet tooth. And so I was just looking for information. I was looking for help. And where do we all turn when we need anything but trusty Dr. Google? I needed paleo recipes, and one of the first paleo bloggers I ever discovered was Julie Bauer, who writes PaleoMG, and I've been following her ever since, and therefore, that's where I really found my source of inspiration for recipes, predominantly Julie's just because I loved her writing, she was very relatable, and the recipes seemed pretty accessible, um, with different paleo and your know, super specialty diets, you get these weird ingredients and whatever, and hers just... What's the easiest to stick to for me if I wanted a treat or an idea? Yeah, there were some stretch ingredients. Anyway, long story short, blogs were where I found guidance when it just, I was looking for information on a topic that really wasn't mainstream enough where I couldn't go to the bookstore, couldn't go to Target, couldn't go anywhere that sold books and find just a paleo cookbook. So blogging really, really became my primary source of information and inspiration. So the six weeks goes by of this paleo challenge and I lose a couple inches. I'm feeling great. I'm PRing my lifts left and right. And over the course in time, I found that I just wanted somewhere to talk about these things. And I wanted somewhere to catalog the recipes that I tried and talked about my new experiences. Uh, just like I had found a connection to this community outside of my hometown online. So I wanted to be a part of it. And the best part about blogging is that you can just do it for free. So I was sitting there in an office trailer in the Homestead Miami Speedway on my lunch break. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to share my experiences because blogs helped me so much. And I had such a positive experience with the paleo challenge and the paleo diet and everything. And I found that I had friends at the gym now being a little curious because, you know, sometimes you don't want to try something new blind. But if you know people that try something and they like it, you are more apt to give into that curiosity because there's familiarity, there's safety. And so I found myself answering questions. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to start my own blog. I'm either going to share recipes of others, credited of course, or if I invent something new off the top of my head to help keep this paleo chain rolling because yeah, I've had a positive experience with it. And therefore the occasional paleo was born because I liked my paleo, but as I mentioned before, beer and cheese, two main food groups, so I wanted to reintroduce those. Therefore, the full name of the blog was Gone Paleo with the Occasional Failio. And that blog, yes, it's still online. And I kept it going from 2012 into, I think, late 2014, early 15. Over that course in time, I found myself trying to invent recipes because I'm not unfortunate in the kitchen. My mom can cook, but I'm not a master chef. And 
One of the biggest drawbacks about living by yourself is that if you want to cook for one person, sometimes you need to buy an entire container of something just for a tablespoon to put into a recipe. So over time, I found myself putting out more money and more time and just stressing myself out over not having good enough light for food photos and oh, this recipe that I came out just didn't go. And I was like, why am I putting myself through this ringer when there was no obligation to actually deliver anything? It was a hobby. I got in my own way. And so the joy started to fall out of it. And I started to post once a week something I called the irrelevance of the week. I needed to get away from posting food. The thing is, I loved being creative. I loved creating content, but it just, it hit different when I felt like I pigeonholed myself into just being a food blogger. So once a week, I would post about any whatever, whether I found a cool recipe, saw a funny YouTube video, blah, blah, blah. And I found myself having more fun posting that type of content than I did any sort of meatball, meatloaf, franken, whatever you could think of. I discovered that it was a far more joyful experience to provide commentary on things that already existed as opposed to putting pressure on myself to come up with some sort of new dish because if anybody has looked in the history books lately, the history of food goes back a very, 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 very long time. So here we are around 2015. Sound familiar? About the same time that Katie could afford Lululemon. Uh -huh. So it was basically my new obsession. Call it fulfilling the I was never the popular girl with like the super fancy, super trendy clothes. Maybe I was just trying to be the cool person that I didn't think I was 10 years prior. But either way, I found myself just geeking out on Lululemon blogs because it was like, yes, I'm going to be girly in this new wardrobe, but awesome, awesome, awesome. And therefore, there was only a couple out there, and I don't want to sound like I'm throwing shade, but I didn't necessarily resonate with what was being put out there because a lot of it was just reposting of store photos from the store's social media pages of being like, here's what's new, here's what it looks like, but there was no additional commentary aside from just like, ooh, I need this. Ooh, I want that. And quite honestly, I'm kind of snarky and therefore I didn't just straight main, I didn't mainline the Lululemonade. I love some stuff they made, but there was also some stuff that was kind of hideous. And so I decided that in the athleisure activewear space that there wasn't necessarily a blog that fit the type of content I was looking for. So why not just create it myself. Thus, Lulu and the Box was born. Oh my god, what a dweeby name was that. Back then when I came up with it, I swear it sounded cool. Lulu and the Box was to let people know that I was blogging about Lulu, Lemon, and the CrossFit box. Lulu and the Box. Um, wow. I still can't believe that, that was my, that was the best that I could come up with. All right, so no, we're, we're all going to sit here and wonder, but we don't have time for that. Let's just move on. Anyway, so I started Lulu and the Box, and 
what I still maintain my series to this day is five faves and a dud, where I pick out five favorites and I say, you know, oh, I want this. This was like good. This is impractical. This and then the dud. That's what was missing from the content that I was looking for online was the real talk and that, yes, praise is always due whenever it's deserved, but you can't just focus on the good things that a company is doing. You got to hold them accountable for designing something unfortunate. And one of the best parts about Five Faves and a Dud as a series is that Lululemon comes out with new things, whether it be new items or new colors and core styles, every Tuesday. So I was no longer sitting there and trying to invent things out of thin air. It was great. And back in the day when I started blogging about Lululemon, we made too much, had maybe 30 items, maybe 35, not like this 400 that we see now. Therefore, it was a big deal when things actually uploaded on Thursdays. And so I would watch it like a hawk long before the newer rival filter was a thing. And I would sprint home, thankfully, because I live pretty close to my office, on my lunch break every Thursday and just feverishly post a we made too much alert. Because if you didn't catch it within the first 30 minutes to an hour that something was posted, you were going to miss awesome deals like speed shorts for $34. It's just the way it was. And so it was it was an adrenaline hit. Lulu knows how to do that, where there's always something new and quantities aren't always that large. At least they weren't back in the day. Therefore, things were limited. People would stay up and crazy hours in the morning, like long before. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the oldest Lululemon fan and I've been crazy enough. And no, because I'm not. The women that were drinking said Kool-Aid back in like 2007, 8, I, I don't even know. It's old Lulu was something else and to be on the inside to be able to score it was like scoring tickets to a Backstreet Boys concert in 1998 it was a rush so I was just posted into the abyss and somehow it gained traction um nothing super super crazy but I found that I had some regular visitors and I want to shout out to Suzanne who writes Agent Athletica she reached out within the first couple of months just to say like hey welcome to the blog space and everything and so she, she was like my first blog friend and so I followed her stuff I thought she just wrote and photographed really well and it was just like yes I have found my place on the internet where I feel like I belong and that's how Lululemon, Lulu and the box went. I would post about CrossFit here and there if I had an in-house comp or thoughts on workouts, like little think pieces here and there. But mainly my bread and butter, if you will, was buying Lululemon. I ended up buying like a little mini photo studio setup and posting reviews because another thing that was missing is that Lululemon, you'd look in the stock photos and everybody was this twiggy size too. And I'm not. I'm 5'9", and I am a size 10. If I lose too much weight, I go down to an 8, but I am a mid-size. So there's just, there's plus-size brands, and there's super skinny-size brands, but the mid-size that most women are, there's next to no representation. And so I wanted to show these mainstream clothes on somebody who just wasn't quite ripped, wasn't quite jacked. Yes, I'm like, I'm not, and some people look at me and like, you're perfectly proportional. And that's what it is. I'm proportional. I'm not super skinny. I'm not super fat. I'm just there. I'm in the middle. And we just weren't seeing these popular items 
You'd see them on other people walking down the street or other women in the mall in the store. But when it came to actually promoting new items and new fits and new styles, I wasn't seeing those. And I just didn't have the idea of what they were going to look like on me. So I decided, again, to take it upon myself and say, hey, you know what? This is what it looks like on somebody who's just normal. So the review posts, they became a thing. So the fitting room posts, they became a thing. And then suddenly one day, 2017-ish or so, I found myself with the same similar feeling that I had in 2015 with the occasional failure that... Oh no, insert the little TikTok. Oh no, oh no, oh no. I had pigeonholed myself and that Lululemon was the only brand I was talking about. Not just the only brand I was talking about, but clothing was really the only thing that I was talking about. I was definitely still consistently training with CrossFit, but my work travel had picked up, so I was still doing drop ins here and there, but. It, the novelty had worn off. Are we noticing a trend that Katie just gets into something and the novelty wears off? And I wanted to talk about other brands because Lululemon wasn't the only thing I was wearing. I liked my Brooks running shoes and I wanted to talk about them or my North Face pants or my outdoor research gaiters. And I found that with Lulu squarely in the title of my blog, I felt like I couldn't just broadly cover things that I personally loved, enjoyed, used, quality tested out because it said Lulu in the box. Therefore, if it wasn't Lulu, did I have any business posting about it? I didn't realize it at the time, but when I named my blog originally, I had given Lululemon the power to dictate what I was going to post about. It was their blog with my voice, even though they never had any involvement with it. And so it took me and I was just I was on a solo trip and therefore you think a lot when you're just running around Colorado doing whatever. And I was sitting there in a room in the town place suites in Colorado Springs one fateful day in early March of 2017. And I just felt disconnected from the blog name for a bit. And Athletic Katie just popped into my head because I'm athletic and I'm Katie. It seemed like such a natural fit. And they say, when you know, you know, as soon as I came up with that name and I double checked to make sure that nobody else already had come up with that name because it's, you know, original, but not super, super original. I, I went and I snapped up the social handles. I snapped up the domain name and I put digital pen to digital paper. I sat at the keyboard and I introduced everyone to Athleticating, the same blog name and not once do I ever second guess because now that blog is mine. The platform is mine. It's my brand. It's who I am. I'm still athletic. I'm still Katie. And it, I feel like it set me free. I know it sounds so cheesy to say something like that, but it's true. It's allowed me to post about what I think is relevant, what I feel will resonate with my audience and it's allowed me to connect with a lot of awesome people. Not that being Lulu in the box before, but Athletic 80 personified the blog. Lulu in the box, you don't really know who's writing that. There's just a snarky voice behind it. But Athletic 80, you know that Athletic 80 is a person. Athletic 80 is a person just like you. Uh, she's just another relatable human being that just instead of 
being in your run group or your class at the gym just happens to live somewhere else. But I'm here to be your friend. I'm not going to sit here and pull a Rachel Hollis and be like, I'm not here to be relatable. No, I am here to be relatable because I've spent so many years feeling like I didn't have anybody that I could fully relate to. There were certain parts of my personality that my, you know, I met all my friends in marching band, but they didn't play sports. But I still, I I love sports so much that I continued to play for my love of the game, my love of fitness, competition, activity. But I didn't necessarily, I wasn't best friends with my teammates like some people were, therefore, Pursuing something that I loved, I still felt oddly left out. And so coming and finding this space online and finding my people of we're not all our all-star athletes. We're just here for a good time, but we're also here to push ourselves to be better. And yeah, so sue me if you want me. Sorry for wanting to look good and feel confident while I'm doing it. Wait, sorry. No, no, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry for finding my voice and using it and putting it out there to find other people who speak the same language that I do. So there you have it. That is the very roundabout explanation of how Athletic Katie came to be, who I am, why I'm here, what I'm doing on the internet, and why it's so much fun to connect with people who have similar experiences. Because especially after I started distance running, I hurt my wrist at CrossFit and working out has always been a very social thing for me in my adult life. Uh, Not so much in college, but definitely how I made friends as an adult was through group fitness and activities. So when I couldn't lift at CrossFit anymore because I hurt my wrist, thank you to Caravan's Tennyson Invitus, I signed up for my half marathon. My first one back in 2015, just because I didn't know what the how else I was going to do with my time. I needed a goal. Athletes need goals, whether it's races, championships, or anything to strive for. We're always trying to get better. We're always trying to work for something. And therefore, I just needed it. But here's the thing. Nobody around me ran long distances. Yeah, my brother-in-law did. So he would listen to me ramble on and on and on. Thank you, Paul. But Nobody else really understood what the hell I was talking about, nor did they ever want to, because running is hard. Why would you do that? Somebody must have hit you in the head with a football when you were young. Spoiler alert. I was a goalkeeper. There have been concussions. This shouldn't surprise anybody. But anyway, running, I, again, just like with paleo, I didn't really have a close circle to talk about my new activity with. Therefore, I turned to the internet. And because I had rebranded at its Athletic Katie, um, I felt more confident sharing things like that. And that's actually how I met my coach, Joanna, who is my run coach now. And now I consider her a very good friend because this blog allowed me to connect with people that I otherwise would never have met in the course of just going about my day in small town Connecticut. So yeah, I cannot say enough good things about what this blog has brought me. It's brought me a sense of community and belonging. And you know, I try to follow people on Instagram. If you follow me and you know, if you're private, I'm not going to follow you back because that's, you know, I'm a stranger. It's cool. But being able to just connect with people that share similar interests as I do 
it makes you feel like makes me feel less alone. And I hope by being able to connect and share and follow along with me that you feel the same way. So unlike the token line on The Bachelor of just like, I'm not here to make friends. No, I am definitely here to make friends. I am here to talk about things that I enjoy, offer insight where I can, whether something fits weird, looks stupid, falls apart, pills is worth the money, but also to share struggles with training for half marathons and things like that because, yeah, you run a 400 meter dash that's over in a couple minutes or I don't know, depends how fast you are, but distance running, it's, it can be a mindfuck and you're going to have ups and downs and discover things about yourself physically and also mentally. You're going to just discover your strengths and weaknesses and it's an awesome journey to go on and that's why runners don't shut up about running because it's so much more than that. Yes, I guess you could say that running in the last six years has turned into a personality trait, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because it's something that once used to, I used to see it as punishment in soccer practice. Now is, it's a meditative state practically for me. No, I'm not breaking any speed records. I'm just plodding along happily in the Athena category. But it's, it's something that I truly, truly enjoy. And I can go on and on and on about running, but I'm not going to because we're somewhere at the 34 minute mark now, right? And so I'm just going to leave it here and say thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for following along on social media channels or reading the blog. However you have found me in this podcast today, whether you've been around for three months or six years, thank you. All right, that's it. I got to go. It's pizza Friday. It's dark outside. I want dinner. So if you don't already, catch me every Tuesday on athleticady.com unless I'm really stressed out and can't get there. Otherwise, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, all the places. You know where to find me. Bye.